in Romans chapter number 4. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 16, and I'm going to read down through verse number 22. Romans 4, verse 16, through down through verse number 22. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Uh, we, this is not my Bible study tonight, but those of us who came after Christ came to this world were, are saved by faith. Those who were on, in this world before Christ came were saved by faith. And uh, here's testimony of this. Uh, in this passage of Scripture, verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Notice verse number 20 and 21, uh, the verses thus far to give context, verse 20 and 21 are going to be our, our text this evening, he staggered not at the promise of God through, uh, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I'm going to read that verse again in just a moment, but notice what the Bible says. He staggered not. Uh, you ever been presented with something so big, something so unexpected in your life? To use vernacular of the day, it makes your knees buckle. It makes you stop in your tracks. It, that's one thing for life to bring us things like that. But we see here, he staggered not. He didn't, doesn't say at the circumstance. It doesn't say he wasn't stunned. And of course, Scripture is citing when God told him he was still going to have a child and he was 100 years old. He, he didn't stagger it. That's not what the scripture is saying. Notice what it's saying. He staggered not at the promise of God. Sometimes life causes us, causes us to stagger. But we should never stagger when it comes to the promises of God. We're going to look at the difference in that tonight. Through, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that when he, had, when he had promised, he was able also to perform. I, like you, have faced things in my life where I've asked the question, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how we're going to deal with this. I, I, I don't have the strength. I don't have, that's life. But we should not stagger in, in our faith due to the promises of God. Many times we look at our inability to know what to do in a circumstance and we say, well, I don't know what to do. So therefore, we, either we, we, we don't press forward, we quit, we use an excuse to go a different way. But we need to put the focus on the promises, not at that which would cause us to stagger. Now tonight I'm going to use these two verses. I'm going to speak on this subject, the security and certainty of faith. The security and certainty of faith. I'll say this before I pray. 
A Christian who lives by faith is a secure person. A Christian who lives with unbelief is an insecure person. Uh, security comes from faith. Security does not come from a life where we don't need faith. That's false security because we're depending on us and our circumstances. But faith, there is security and certainty in faith. Father, I pray that you'll use your word tonight. May the Spirit of God speak to us. May we be strengthened in our walk with you. May we be strengthened in our Christian life. And Father, may your words be real to us this evening. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to read a statement. I'd like for you to listen very carefully. I'll, I'll probably read it more than once. Many make the mistake of thinking because they are uncertain how God will do a certain thing, that faith itself is uncertain. Let me read that again. Many make the mistake of thinking because they are uncertain how God will do a certain thing, that faith itself is uncertain. To illustrate that, and then I'll, then I'll, then I'll make another statement along those lines. Uh, many times... This is when a Christian has a hard time surrendering their life to serve God in a certain way because they know it's going to require faith. Uh, commitment Sunday, this past Sunday, would be another good example. I don't know if I want to commit this much that God's impressing upon me. I know I can do this, and they write that number down. It requires no faith. Uh, but some think, well, well Pastor, in, in, in uncertain times... I can't depend. Faith is uncertain, and we miss something here. Let me make this statement again, and then I'll continue. Many make the mistake of thinking because they are uncertain how God will do a certain thing, that faith is uncertain. Pastor, I could never have a life of faith like you or like somebody else. I, I couldn't do it without knowing what is going to happen. See, many times we know what is going to happen because God tells us what's going to happen. And we face the, uh, the we, we don't know how he's going to do the how. The, the how, we, we focus on the how, which we can't know. And therefore, our faith is not what it should be. Our faith is not on the things that it should be. Now, let me get back to the statement. I'm going to make the whole statement. Many make the mistake of thinking because they are uncertain how God will do a certain thing, that faith itself is uncertain. This is not true. Faith is certain and secure because of the object in whom we place our faith. Well, that just living my faith. Are you sure my, our young people should just surrender and say, whatever God leads them, they'll follow? What if? No, no, no. See, see faith itself is not uncertain. Although though we look at it sometimes, is that life of faith, it's just uncertain. I want to live a life of faith. I will, as your pastor, I want to lead you as this church by faith. That is not a life where we don't know how it's going to end. Because God tells us what the results are going to be. He just doesn't always tell us how he's going to bring the results through. Faith is certain and secure because of the object in whom we place our faith. Do not focus on the uncertainty of the how, but focus on the certainty of the who. 
Do not focus on the uncertainty of the how, but in the certainty of the who. This building project, we're a week away from completing this campaign. I am as certain as I've ever been God is going to do his work. Say, Pastor, do you know exactly how? I have some ideas about how he's going to do it. I know by our faith and by our commitment, but there's things that he's already doing that we don't even know he's doing. Say, how are you so certain? You don't know how he's going to do it. I don't have to know how he's going to do it because he has promised us he'll do it. The promise. Many Christians don't grow in their faith because they look at the the uncertainty of the how. And they say, I can't do that. Don't focus on how God's going to do it. Focus on who your faith is in. My faith is not in how God does things. My faith is in an all-powerful, all-knowing, holy God. It's not my responsibility for God to do things the way I want him to do it. God says if he, make, if he makes a promise, he's going to keep it. Thus far, I hope, I hope I have your attention. I hope this is making sense. Sometimes we look at faith as a Christian. Look at all that uncertainty. Look at all that. You know, and when it comes to living a life as a Christian, you can have it all planned out. You can have your future all planned out and it not go the way you planned it out. You know, that does not mean God is not still going to do what he said he's going to do. And too many Christians get discouraged and we take our eyes off of where our eyes should be because the how is uncertain. The promise is not uncertain. If God has said it, it's going to happen. But as many times as I ask God, will you tell me how it's going to happen? He doesn't tell me how it's going to happen. Because if I knew how it was going to happen, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have my eyes on him. I wouldn't have my eyes on this promise. Let me make this statement one more time and I'll give you the outline. Many make the mistake of thinking because, make, make the mistake of thinking because they are uncertain how God will do a certain thing that faith itself is uncertain. This is not true. Faith is certain and secure because of the object in whom we place our faith. Do not focus on the uncertainty of the how, but in the certainty of the who. The purpose of my Bible study tonight and the outline I'm going to give you is to show you that faith is the most secure thing that you and I know. Faith brings security. A lack of faith brings insecurity. I'll illustrate it this way and then get into the outline. You take, um, this is just a fact, and those of you that this, you, you lived through this, you could probably testify to this if you were honest. Uh, you take teenage girls, they're very insecure. For that matter, I look around and 30-year-old ones are pretty insecure too. And 40, it's just, you know, you get them to be trying to say, God, God loves you and God made you. Why are they secure, insecure? Because they look at what somebody, they look at somebody else or they look at what society has put up and they don't put the focus on the right thing and God made me, as the Bible says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a, it's a simple illustration. And, and please, 
don't take, if you're out there and you say, I just, I just don't think that's true, and I think it's a little boys. Okay, that's not my point of my Bible study tonight. We can, we can psychoanalyze all that later, but don't, don't, the point is, whenever we're not looking at the right who, it brings insecurity into our life. There's a lot of Christians who they have a church available to them. They have a good church available to them. They have, and I run into people in our area like this all the time. But it's like, I just don't know if I can, you know, put my, put my faith in, in a pastor, put my faith in a church. Nobody's asking you to. As a matter of fact, if you do that, it's just a matter of time before you're disappointed. Our eyes should be on God. He's the one whose faith we're in. Well, this the, the Christian life, there's just so much that I just don't have, a, there's just no explanation for. There's just so much that I just, so it's just, you've got to remember, it's the who. I'm so thankful that I got this, got this into my mind when I was younger, how I grew up, and I never strayed from it. I'm thankful for the fact that I just believe God. And I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. There are times I get frustrated because I try and figure out how God is going to do it. But there have been times I have looked in my own personal life and looked at, as, we, as we look at a ministry and you see so many things going against you. And, and, and all you have to hold to to keep your certainty and your security that you're doing the right thing is because you have a promise that you can put your finger on. And if God says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And you can have faith in that. So a life of faith, and to you young people that are here tonight, don't, don't, don't hold back surrendering to God because you just don't, don't know that you can live a life where, where you just have to just depend on God and trust God. In reality, that's the way we all should be living. Depending on Him. Don't focus on the how, but focus on the who. I've got four statements tonight, and I trust that when we leave, we'll, we'll understand that a life of faith brings security. Statement number one is this. The belief that God is bigger than any situation brings security. Let's look at our text, verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. God promised Abraham he would make him a great nation. He would be the father of a great nation. It's kind of difficult to be the father of a great nation when you don't have any children. And then God tells him, yeah, you're still going to be the father of a great nation, and he's 100 years old. He staggered not through unbelief. The Bible goes, and we know the story. We know that God gave him a child. We, we know that God kept his word. We have the ability to look back on that this evening. But if we look at the life of Abraham, we understand that how in the world could he hold to this? Say, Pastor, if, 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 if I was, forget 100, if I was... 50 or 60, and God came to me and told me that I was going to have a child, I would, I would not believe that. Well, there's a difference. He hasn't promised you that. He promised Abraham that. 
And sometimes we look at that and say, I, I don't have that kind of faith. God didn't promise you that. That's something he promised Abraham. But there are things in this book he promised you. Of course, salvation is by faith and faith alone. And so uh, that, that, that's bigger. And Abraham believed that. The belief that God is bigger than any situation or any situation, that brings security. Abraham believed that God was bigger. You know, when you put your faith and trust in Christ, it's after you realize you were a sinner, you realize that you deserved hell, and you believed on God because you believed He was bigger than your sin. You believed He was bigger than death. You believed He was bigger. You didn't understand it all. You just believed that Jesus was capable of taking your sin debt. That you believed he was bigger. And friend, if, if, if he's big enough to change your eternity from hell to heaven, if he's big enough to offer forgiveness of your sins and my sins in any man who seeks that forgiveness, if he's big enough to do that, he's big enough to meet any needs you may have in your life. There's security in just believing my God's bigger. I lost my job today. Not, I hope I didn't. I'm just using it as an illustration. My God's bigger. You know, the, look at what we have in our government. My God's bigger. Pastor, you don't understand. My God's bigger. What about the economy? My God's bigger. What about the doctor's report? My God's bigger. There's security in knowing my flesh. There may be some things I face tomorrow. My flesh cannot handle is bigger than my flesh. And, and as, as, a, as a man, I may have a hard time with, but I have a God who's bigger than everything. So I don't have to fear what tomorrow may bring. And when I do have fears in my life come, what I have to do is take my eyes off of that, put it on God, and be reminded that God's made me some promises. God's promised me He will never leave me nor forsake me. He's promised me that what time I am afraid, I can trust in Thee. He's promised me a lot of things. He's promised me that whenever I call on Him, He'll hear me. He's promised me that I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and He'll be with me. He has promised me a lot of things, and there's security in that. And, well, you, Pastor, I just, I just think that's crazy just to believe that nobody, I'm just not an optimist like you. Don't minimize faith like that as a difference in personality. Optimist, pessimist, it doesn't matter. God's still God. His promises are still true. So you're naturally a, a pessimist. Well, that means you got to have a little more faith. But it doesn't change the fact that God's promises are true. The belief that God is bigger than any situation, it brings security. You want to be secure as a Christian? Uh, have faith. Have faith. Have faith. Faith does not bring insecurity. It brings security. He staggered not. Why? Because he believed the promise. He, he, unbelief, he would have staggered. That brings me to number two. 
This is the deepest point of the night. Insecurity comes from unbelief. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief. We've already stated, and this seems very simple, but it's very important for us to, to differentiate the two. The belief that God is bigger than any situation, that brings security. There's a lot of Christians who are insecure, and they don't need to be. Let me help you tonight why you're insecure. Let me tell you times in my life that I have been insecure about the future, insecure about my own situation. It's, it's One word is tied to it, unbelief. Because God, who spoke everything into existence, God who time cannot capture, God who is omniscient, omnipresent, who is not bound by time, is not bound by anything, God who's above everything, has made some promises. So if I'm insecure at all, you know what you know what it is? It's a faith problem. Well, Pastor, I just don't have the resources somebody else has. Think about what you just said. Do you not have the same God? Well, I wasn't talking about that. I know. That's my point. God, God allows us to have different human resources, but God is available to everybody. I, I use George Mueller as, as an example. And if, if you want to read a biography, that, that'll convict you. Um, you know, whenever a, a, a Christian gets too full of themselves, it'll be just a requirement. Go read that. It'd be very humbling. The man had, I have to go look it up, had millions of dollars come through his ministry and every single dollar God provided. I mean, he's got a hundred or so orphans sitting at their table. He's thanking God for the meal that is not on the table and claiming the promises of God and about the time he says amen, God provided. The point, the point is this. We all have access to that same God. And if we are focused not on the promises, we are going to be insecure. Because insecurity comes from unbelief. I hope you'll file this Bible study away, especially file this point away in your mind. And whenever you have doubts, you have to be reminded where those insecurities come from. I remind you that God does not give you the spirit of fear. It's not, it, I mean, we're, we're afraid a lot. It doesn't come from God. Because God says you don't need to be afraid. Be strong and have good courage. That's a good word study for you. See how many times that's said, Old Testament all the way through New Testament. There might have been something in a book you just got about that. I don't know. That we have God. So if, if, if our, we're not living by faith, it is unbelief. Notice, he staggered not the promise of God through unbelief. Unbelief brings insecurity. Number three, I hasten. Strong faith glorifies God, which allows us to fulfill our purpose. I remind us very quickly, God did not give us life for ourselves. He created us to fellowship with Him and glorify Him. Man's forgotten that, hasn't he? Now we look at God and say, God, you ought to be doing for me. And God gives us life to glorify Him. So strong faith glorifies God, which allows us to fulfill our purpose. 
So if God puts us in a situation where we have to have stronger faith, what is God doing? He's putting us in a situation that we can depend on Him, which glorifies Him, which helps us more, more fulfill our purpose. Read verse number 20 again. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Well, I want to praise God. I just, Pastor, I just don't know if I should be all in with this. You can't glorify God if you're not going to live by faith. You're not glorifying God if you don't live by faith. Think about that. When we refuse to live by faith as a child of God, we're saying to God, you're not able. When you as a Christian depend more on your employer for a paycheck than you depend on God, you're saying that employer is more capable than you are, God. When we depend on, on another man or we depend on the world more than we depend on God, oh, let, let me say it like this. When we put more in the wisdom of this world than we put it on the wisdom of God, you know what we're saying? Some guy who puts a bunch of letters after his name, which, by the way, you could buy one of those degrees, knows more than God knows. Uh, I, that's not where I'm at in life, whether it's theological or scientific. By the way, the laws of science that God wrote don't change. Depends on which scientist you get to. Depends on, that's why when somebody says that science says, I'm not doing this for real, but know this, and whenever you hear this, I want you to picture this. Whenever somebody, when I hear that, no matter what the subject is, well, the science says, I don't do this for real, but in my mind I'm going, yeah, 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 I don't want to hear it. Because science has become what a man's opinion is, and many times that opinion is on purpose contrary to what they know God has established. I mean, I could tell you all about global warming, because God did I can tell you all about a lot of things, but we, it's, it's all to replace God. So, a little off track there, but to remind us, strong faith glorifies God, which allows us to fulfill our purpose. But with strong in faith, giving glory to God. Do you want to glorify God? I mean, you don't have to answer me, answer me out loud, but an, answer, answer this question to yourself. Do you want to glorify God? God tells us a lot of ways how we can glorify God in, 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 in what we do with our life. Um, trying to be more like Him than like the world. But living by faith. We as a church, as we have stepped out by faith and we continue to step out by faith, you know what we're saying to ourselves, to our city, to the world? In a time when it when it's, it's supposedly can't be done, God's going to do it. You do realize that what God, what, what God is doing, don't you? I hope you get a sense of what God is doing. And when God does what God's going to do, it's going to have to be said, God was in that. He's going to be glorified. How do we get there? Faith. How do you get there? Faith. Glorify God. Don't focus on the how he's going to do it. Focus on the promise. And that leads me to number four. Look at me at verse number 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Let me ask you a question. I'll give you number four after the question. 
How persuaded are you that God keeps his promises? Before you answer that, are you tithing? Because if you're not, you're, you're not, you're not very persuaded. Are you depending on him for your needs? If you're not, you're not fully persuaded. Are you depending on some map to chart your life for your future? Are you trusting God? How persuaded are you? Are you fully persuaded? I don't know. You've got a burden tonight. You've got a big decision that you've got to make in the future. Well, I just, I just, I just don't know. That, no, how, how persuaded are you? I can help you answer that question. How much have you looked to the promise of, promises of God for your answer? You know, and I, I mentioned this, and in, 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 in you know me well enough to know my heart on things. If somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, this is what I've decided. I just want to let you know. Okay. I use this illustration. It's not Sunday night. It was one of the other Sunday nights. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I decided. And I'm listening in there for God. I'm okay with whatever, but you, you probably ought to have a promise. Um, how persuaded are you? Pastor, I tried this. It's just not working out. Do you know, do you know that sometimes God makes a promise and then hides himself? And you know what that is? It gives you an opportunity to trust his promise. I don't know if you've ever said this. I've said it. I don't know how he's going to do it. That does not mean he's not going to do it. It means I don't know how. And too many Christians, because they don't know how he's going to do it, they don't have faith that he's going to do it. That brings me to point number four. Fully persuaded means what has been promised will be performed. Fully persuaded means what has been promised will be performed. And being fully persuaded, what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I believe, I can't explain to you how much I believe that the moment I take my final breath, any child of God takes their final breath, they're in the presence of the Son of God. Well, have you ever seen heaven? Nope. How do you know it exists? That's probably the most intellectually dishonest question with a few others. Um, it's called faith. That's kind of like, well, have you seen the originals? Nobody has. Well, how do you know you're saved? Faith. Same way I know I got a Bible. Faith. How do you know God's going to come through for you? Faith. You know, the, 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 some of these intellectuals who want to say, well, have you seen heaven? I, I keep waiting on them to describe the wind to me, what it looks like. Or gravity. Can you explain gravity? Show me some gravity. We, we know it's there because we believe it by faith. Why do you believe it like that, Pastor? I believe it because God has promised it. And I don't have to see the fulfillment of the promise to believe that he's going to fulfill it. 
because I'm fully persuaded. I didn't, when I got saved, I didn't understand everything that God was going to do at that moment of salvation, but I didn't have to because I believed God. I haven't always known how God was going to provide for me personally and for my family and for the church. I haven't always known that, but I've always known that He will. I sometimes have been surprised at how some things have turned out in my own life and the life of others. Only because I didn't know how or what God was doing, but I do know this, God fulfills His promises. So let me, let me leave you with this. If you have not seen some promises fulfilled that God has made, you can be secure in your future actions as long as you keep your eyes on Him and you can be fully persuaded that it's going to perform. Think about what God said to him. You're going to be a father of a great nation. You're going to have a child after you're 100 years old. Again, some say, oh, we couldn't have that kind of faith. Well, God didn't promise that to you. But God's promised you some things and I some things that are hard to believe too. One that just comes to mind right now, and we know all things work together for good that, to them that love God. By the way, that's for to them that love God. And you have to define loving God by how God says it's defined. But that comes to mind. I don't see any good that can come from this. Sometimes I can't see any good that can come from it, but my God says that good's going to come from it. The faith, the certainty comes not in the how, but it's in the object, it's in the who. It's not even in the what, it's in the who, it's the promise. I'm fully persuaded that God will fulfill His promises. When it comes to the promises of God, it's not a matter of if they will be performed. It's just a matter of when. We celebrate at Christmas Christ coming to this earth, His birth. Sunday, and I believe the Christian will celebrate the resurrection every day, obviously. But Sunday, we're going to put an extra emphasis on the resurrection of the Lord. As you know, not long after He resurrected, conquering death and hell, the Scripture says He came out with the keys. He owns it. He conquered it. It's recorded in Acts chapter number 1. He's going to ascend into heaven. I believe that Jesus came, born of a virgin, was God in the flesh, lived a sinless life. I believe the things in the Bible where he walked on the water, he, touched, he healed the lame, he healed the blind. I believe it at the end of, the, of John when it says that if you wrote and recorded every miracle that Christ did, the world could not contain it. I believe all of that. I believe that when he was crucified, he took upon him the sins of the world. I believe it's recorded as it's recorded in the Gospels. I believe there was a time when he said, it is finished. I believe the skies turned dark. I believe he was put into that tomb and it was sealed. And I believe those that crucified Christ, the Scripture tells us they did get together and they said, we've got to come up with a story. 
that if he's not there, he doesn't seem very confident in that. And by the way, whenever there's a conspiracy against the things of God, there's a reason why. If, if, if it's not true, you don't have to pull up with a conspiracy. If it's not true, you don't have to work behind the scenes and undermine to try and convince others. I believe Jesus came forth from that tomb. I, I, I believe it. I believe he ascended into heaven. I believe all that happened. I'm thankful that it happened. I rejoice in it all happening. But I got a promise. But just as sure as he came the first time, he's coming the second time. Just as sure as he came the first time, he's coming the second time. He's coming with a different purpose the second time than he came the first time. The first time he came to pay for the sins of the world. The second time he is establishing himself as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the day is going to come when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. I believe that's going to happen. Do you believe that's going to happen? Okay, Christian, let me put you on the spot when it comes to your faith. How come you don't believe in those other promises? You know that you've got to constantly be reassured about. If one promise isn't true, then why are the other ones true? Matter of fact, we know this. If one's not true, then none of them are true. None of them. That's why if God didn't give us a Bible, we can't be saved. Uh, it's got to be true or it's not. So I'm trying to help us tonight have a secure life, have more stability. I, I don't, I, I'm here to tell you, I'm to admit it to you, just so there's no confusion. I can't solve your problems. I can't even solve my own. I don't have all the answers. But he does. You don't have to go to Wikipedia. Go to the Bible. Let me Google. What's the best thing a Christian? No, 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 no. Go to the Bible. And the last thing we need, I'm going to preach on this Sunday night, the last thing we need is to go to somebody else so they can tell us what God said. Why don't we just go to see what God said? Um, if you have instability in your life, I'm telling you, it's a faith problem. We all have them from time to time. So when those things come in life, that would stagger us. I, I can think of a few of my own life that it just is just it's just a blow. We've all been there. How do you stable yourself if it's something that you can't reverse it? Well, you have to have your faith give you that stability. You have to have your faith in the who, not the what. Why would God allow us? I don't know. But I know that he tells me how it's going to end up. He tells me he's going to take care of me. And if these promises are good for me, they're good for you. If you're in the valley tonight, don't lay down there and die. Keep going. 
Well, if, if, you, if, you've got, if you've got fears tonight, he says you can depend on him. If you feel all alone, he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. But I can't see how... Put it on him. Are you fully persuaded? I guess is the best way to, to leave this tonight. Are you fully persuaded? A fully persuaded Christian that when they read a promise of God, it's settled. I don't have to know how. I know God said it. So let's just make sure that we have the stability in our life. I said I was done, but almost. If you had more finances around you, doesn't mean you'd be stable. And this just came to be some, I'm assuming we all need it or somebody needs it. Quit waiting on all the perfect pieces to fall in place before you put faith in God. Because it won't bring stability. What brings stability is being fully persuaded that the promises that God has made will be performed. Let's have a stable life and faith brings that. Father, thank you.